Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. We are back with yet another episode on the family. Over the last several weeks, we have been talking about various aspects that should be true and evident in the family, but where do we equip ourselves? And with everything we've talked about, where do we equip ourselves? What is the the God-ordained programs, and I put quotations around this, programs, methods for teaching and training under godliness when it comes to the family? Like, where does this happen? Are we just solo, out on our own, doing our own thing? Um, is there a place that a family should invest themselves as a family. Now, if you know anything about us at Vision for Living and on Crosstalk as a podcast, we've talked about the church a lot. We mm-hmm. talk about the gospel and we talk about the church and doctrine. Right. <laughs> and we've kind of covered a lot of those already. So we haven't covered the church yet. Um, we've covered We're the gospel. We just repeat ourselves right. a lot. <laughs> we've covered the gospel. We've, we've covered doctrine. So I guess the next thing we should do is the church, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we are going to talk about the church today, family, the church, and the home growing together. Keyword there, together. Um, and this will be more topical in nature normally, and, and we always like to, to, to identify this. But normally we do more expositional, meaning we take the passage and we kind of work through it. But this will be more topical because there's no place in the Scripture where it's like married with this perfect command. Yeah, if anybody knows me, they know when I think of a topic, I say, where's a text right. for that? There's not a text, a text for this. There's several texts. Well, and I do think the Scripture assumes this by the things that it says right. for us, which we're, we're going to see. Um, many times people will think that they are really committed to their family and they don't need the church that much. We want to kind of dispel that. We want to disprove that. On the other hand, you might have pastors, elders who are so wrapped up in the programs they have in the church that they want – they don't – they're not sensitive to the fact that the the family needs space and time as well. So absolutely. It's it's a two-fold thing. Two-way street there. And I'll just put it this way in a question. Why would the Scriptures command the importance of the obedience within a family structure while also commanding the the church – to obey certain doctrines, and they'd be mutually exclusive. So they're not. Right. They're not. You you can't just say, well, do this and do this, but then somehow separate the two, and they don't somehow meet. You know, and, and fathers, uh, children are to obey their fathers, their parents, but then uh, church members are told to obey their elders, right. to submit to their elders. So, yeah, there's a, there's a mutualness to all of this that we need to understand. A- an assumption, I think – that is made in the New Testament that we need to see and walk through. So three things that will guide us, um, the mutual responsibility of the church and home. And you'll notice we are we're basically putting these two together every time, and there's a reason for that. So the mutual responsibility of the church and home, the mutual dependence of the church and home, the mutual hope of the church and home. Starting off, what is the mutual responsibility? Because both have a responsibility clearly laid out in Scripture. What is the responsibility of these two God-ordained institutions? Yeah, God established the church and the home, and they're both absolutely necessary. I remember having a discussion with a pastor when I was on staff at a church one time, and I was arguing for the, the priority of the home. And I said, you know, I said, the home is the first institution created by God. And he said, yeah, but Christ died for his church. 
Well, you can go back okay. and forth. Yeah, well, I mean, you, know, you can go back and forth with that. Uh, but the church is the bride of Christ. So um, there, there's a, a mutualness to this that we need to understand. First, they are both mentors of spiritual growth. Which we see clearly in Scripture. Exactly. If you went back and, and listened to our podcast we did, it's probably been a few years back, on the church. Right. You would, you would hear us say, the whole issue of mentoring and holding right. accountable and teaching and the training. And, right. Yeah. Well, if you look at Ephesians 5, and most of our listeners who are church people would recognize that passage dealing with the husband and the wife and how the husband is responsible for spiritual growth of the wife and the love of his Christ loves the church. And in chapter 6, verse 4, children obey your parents. If you go to Colossians, you see the purpose of the church in one twenty-seven is to bring as many people as possible to maturity in Christ. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, Second Timothy talks about the uh, uh, certain aspects of the home and the women and the fathers and the mothers, and, and church leadership is affected by that. So what you get is this um, – uh, that the church is not just a gathering on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's out there functioning, and it's functioning – in large part in families, not always, but very often in families. Yeah, well, you, you kind of see in Matthew 28, and it's interesting because we just finished Pass for Christ 2020 last week, and so we talked about discipleship, but you see Matthew eight twenty eight saying, go ye therefore and make disciples, okay? But then we start seeing these things about the family, you know, how the wives are to love their husbands and husbands to love their wives and children obey their parents. And you start seeing all these outworkings of discipleship type things within these structures. And so you start to go, oh, okay, I see how this all fits together. You you, you know what I'm saying? It couldn't possibly be divorced from one another. They're, they're done in the context of the church, of the yeah. body of Christ. And so uh, sometimes husbands and parents leave the discipling of their family to the church, uh, well, they just get it when they go to Sunday school or Bible Which school. Which is not right either. Uh, right. But uh, the two actually work together. I mean, the church should be teaching fathers to be spiritual leaders. We'll talk about that more later. Wives to be godly wives and mothers. This is <coughs> – and the church is teaching the people. How to and, do these things. <laughs> and the people are right. teaching in their homes. It is a mutual thing. Um the church is rightly divided and accurately handing the word of truth so that we may use it in our homes and other places. So Paul says, husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church. Uh, and then he says, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And the church trains people, including husbands and wives, husbands, to dis- disciple their families. It's, it is a – we don't do this by ourselves. You, you can do it, but it, this right. is not the God-ordained method. So they're both mentors of spiritual growth. They are both monitors of spiritual growth. That's important. We talk about accountability. The church keeps up with its family, so it knows, is this father, this husband, leading his family spiritually? Does he need help? And we want to help him to and, do that. And I don't know if it – and I think it is an elder responsibility because they bear the weight – of overseeing the church, but you you also see where older men are to teach younger men, yeah, and older younger women, younger women, women. Yeah. young women, and and that's not just teenagers with older women. I think mothers who have gone through, wives who have gone through those years teaching a new mother and a new wife in their early years, that's key. Yeah, 
But it and is. how can that not happen unless we are all as a body of Christ working together? Right. There's a connectedness here in the body yeah. of Christ that we yeah. see in this that we don't see a lot of in the church because people are going right. hither and yon doing their well, stuff. Well, I think culturally that that has pushed us that way. But I mean, you got you got the church saying you got the you've got scripture telling. Elders, feed the flock of God, over which God has made you an overseer. Uh, writer of Hebrews says, obey those who have the rule over you. Um, so the church is monitoring, should be monitoring the spiritual growth of its people. Husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church, to bring up their children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. They're to monitor the growth of their children. They're both monitoring the spiritual growth of those under their care. So that's uh, – and then finally, the tr- they're both models of spiritual growth. Pastors are examples to the flock. Uh, we even say whose faith follow. So our pastors are leading, our elders are leading. We're to follow their faith as they follow Christ. But um, – and the people are to exhort one another daily. Uh, and um, – Women are taught to obey their husbands that the word of God will not be blasphemed. You see this interconnectedness, but but husbands and wives, the leaders in the home, the husband is to be a model of spiritual growth to his children. They they need to see him asking forgiveness when he fails, going to the Lord in prayer when he needs wisdom, talking things through with his wife, the things they can talk about in front of the children. We see this happening so that they're both are mod- modeling spiritual growth. The family's modeling spiritual growth. The church is modeling spiritual growth. Absolutely. And I think you've heard us say this before many times, but I'm going to kind of put it in a different light here. And I say we, I mean, you've heard us, the listeners have heard us say this. We've often said that there's no place for long-ranger Christianity. We've talked about that a lot. That's been said on this program a lot. Well, the same can be said of the family. There's no place for long-ranger, lone-ranger familyhood. Right. If you think you can do it by yourself as an individual, you're foolish. If you think you can do it by yourself as a family unit, you're foolish. Right. No man is an island unto himself. Why Whether it's an individual or a family. Why is the church called the body yeah. of Christ? It's made up of different parts Absolutely. that need each other to function. And if if one gets injured, the whole body feels and it. And in a broken society, it could be a full family, which looks as the way God designed it. It could be a, a half family where yes. a husband is it's left still the a home. family unit. It could yeah. be single people who became Christians, single first mother, generation father. Yeah. Christians. Yep. It could look a lot of different ways. It can. It will look a lot of different yeah. ways. Absolutely. Okay, so the mutual responsibility of the church and home, what about the mutual dependence of the church and home? And so this is where we, we're really just moving into something further uh, and that responsibility is that dependence we have upon one another. I like to call the church a seminary for spiritual leadership. I find that interesting, the word that you're using there, because seminary tends to be for those upper echelon of people, supposedly, that are just going to try to right. study a little bit more than most yeah. of us would. It is true, and we're using this term in a different context. We're not talking about seminary in the sense that a formal seminary training is. But we are talking about the church as a place where we train people for spiritual growth and leadership. Fathers, mothers. That's exactly right. Uh, single uh, people trained on how to be who they're supposed to be. Paul tells Timothy, put the brothers in remembrance of these things. If you do this, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Be strong, commit to faithful men, these things so that they can teach to others also. What is it? That's training spiritual leadership, people to grow, to have the power and influence of their own personal holiness and growth in Christ. Uh, well, and I think this whole idea of spiritual training 
spiritual leadership training, it starts at a young age. Uh, the Sunday school, if you go to Sunday school, if your child goes to Sunday school, if your church does Sunday school, if your child goes to Sunday school, and then they go home, should there really be any difference? And what I mean by that is, is your child's getting trained at home. He's getting trained at Sunday school. Ideally, those two complement one they, another. They, they They're should. not – the Sunday school is not the primary place. Right. It's just undergirding what you're already doing in the home. And strengthening it. But I, I like to say the truth of Scripture is taught and applied to the gathered people of God. Questions are encouraged and answered. And what happens? You know, we should be talking about these things as we walk in the way, as we lie down, as we rise up. We'll talk more about Durham that. Durham 6, which is going to be up. in a few more weeks. <laughs> yes, that's right. And, uh, but anyway, so the, the church is a seminary for spiritual leadership. The home is a laboratory for spiritual leadership. In the church, the truth of God is taught. It's applied. It's explained expositionally. We see what sound doctrine is. We see what the practical ramifications of that sound doctrine is. And what? Guess what? Mom and dad go home with the kids and they apply it. It's a laboratory. They put it into practice. Or mom and dad go home with each other and they have to apply it with each other. That's exactly (laughs) right. It's the place where we flesh out the truth of God. Men learn to lead their homes. Women learn to raise their children. Like Titus 2 talks about, uh, those men who aspire to leadership must apply the truth of God to their homes or else they cannot aspire to leadership uh, in a church. Women who learn to love their husbands uh, and raise their children become qualified to train younger women in the church. Hmm. You see that. So the home is the laboratory where it's fleshed out. Trial and error. We mess up. Oh, this happened in my home. How did it happen in your home? Pastor, we're trying to do these things in our home. We're trying to follow Jesus. How can can you give us some counsel back and forth so that the home is a laboratory where the truth of God is being fleshed out? You know, if if you think what we've said, the church and the home are not mutually exclusive, it's not true yet. We're we're going this next point is going to show even more why they're not mutually exactly. exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> and we've and talked a lot about it, but I, I'm just saying this next point is really going to kind of drive that home. Well, I kind of like there's a line in one of Paul's letters where he says the uh, – um, he says, of the things we, well, what's the writer of the Hebrews? He says, of the things which we have spoken, this is a sum. And uh, um, the things which we have spoken, this is a sum. And that, that's what we want to say right now. The things which we have spoken, this is a sum, the, the mutual hope of the church and home. So the mutual hope of the church and home, do we stop to think that our descendants, what they will be doing? I think it's where we're kind of going with yeah. this. Um, we have the blessed hope, which is the return to Christ. That's a purifying hope. But until then, our hope is in the furtherance of the truth of Christ in the generations to come, uh, that they may know Christ. So, I mean, think uh, about the Rechabites and what we talked about a few exactly. weeks ago. So, so I ask people the question, I have asked in sermons, do you ever envision or ever think about what your descendants will look like? I don't mean physically. I mean spiritually. Do you envision them knowing and following Christ? I've made it a habit to pray for my descendants that each succeeding generation will become more godly fathers and husbands, more godly mothers and wives, more godly young people, all committing, committed to, to, to changing the next generation for Christ, uh, all committed to applying the Word of God. I do think about what my descendants will look like generations from now. I I pray that they'll all know Christ, that none will will turn from the gospel. And so this is the hope of the church, isn't it? The hope of the church. The future of the church is the strength of the home. 
If we don't have a strong future for the church in the truth, in the gospel, in the practical application of the Word of God, the homes are going right. to fall to the side. But on the other hand, the future of the home is in the strength of the church. So just a little turn of the phraser. The future of the church is in the strength of the home. The future of the home is in the strength of the church. And I, I think we also have to when – I'm, what I'm about to say here, we have to f- preface with the idea that we depend upon Christ and Christ alone. Right. But I do think there's a sense in which we depend upon each other. We do. In, in, in a sense that we so. are to grow in Christ together. Um, I preached a message at P4C just last week in which we – or I talked about Colossians 3 in which we are to be compassionate and loving and peaceful and kind and forgiving. We're to put on these as clothing. Right. Within the context of that is this corporate idea of doing it together. One another is used in that right. passage. It's not mutually exclusive. No, it necessitates a corporate mindset. It has to be done together. We depend upon each other in order to learn how to be compassionate, loving, peaceful, kind, forgiving, all of those things. And even grateful for who Christ is and what he's done for us. And from the beginning, the church has had a vision for the next generation. When Peter preached at Pentecost, what some call the birthday, the spiritual birthday of the church, or the, uh, he said, for the promises to you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God will call. The church, the future of the church was in them and their children. Mm-hmm. The future of the home is in the church being faithful to the word. It's uh, Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Um, weak churches produce weak families. In turn, we don't strengthen families. Weak families produce weak churches. This is uh, it's not a time. John MacArthur made a comment once in a, one of his, his uh, book, Ashamed of the Gospel. He said, "This is certainly no time for weak men, weak messages, and weak ministries. What is needed is moral strength and courage, and uncompromising proclamation of the truth that can set people free." That is so true. That will build strong fathers and mothers, especially as we personally want to want to apply it and strengthen homes then in turn strengthen the church so by way of application we encourage families individuals attach yourself to a local church right place attach where the yourself god, yeah. yeah to a place where the word of god is preached where they invest in your soul and where they want your family to be strengthened encouraged and pushed toward exemplifying Christ in all that you do. Exactly. I mean, that that has to, to take place. If you can't find a place like that, think through that. Figure out a way. I said it like this. If we're to affect the next generation, the church and the home or family must work together. We must build one another up. We are separate but one. We are different, but our purpose is the same, to put Christ and his gospel at the center of life so that he and it are our only motivation for living. That's true of church. That's true of the home. They work together to bring that to pass. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. Um, but we're looking forward to delving in the next couple weeks or so on even what that looks like even further. I feel like we're building the building mm-hmm. blocks or we're yeah. putting the building blocks together right? by which we can see the biblical picture of the family and what it should be and what it should be doing and about. Uh, so we thanks for joining us, and we'll look forward to next week. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. 
This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you can find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. Music